Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Rachel Forsyth, Senior Reporter at Hort Week. And this week we are catching up with Henry Guyben, who is Managing Director of HRG Tree Surgeons. He has also been mentoring other tree surgery businesses through the Tree Surgeons Mastermind since the start of 2022. Hi, Henry. Thanks for joining us today. Hiya, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, really looking forward to this today. Yeah, it should be really good. What's keeping you busy this summer at um, HRG Tree Surgeons? Work-wise, we do a lot of work on um, the MOD bases. Most of our work is commercial, and what we do tend to get is a bit of a drop-off through the summer, just because of the um, ecology, you know, being less around doing big projects around nesting birds, nature, and everything else that comes with our environment. Um, So what we tend to do is a lot of, uh, through the summer, a lot of council work, a lot of pruning, um, but trying to stay away from big sort of vegetation and big habitat sort of issues that can be related to the industry yeah oh interesting and you were the keynote speaker at this year's arb show right yeah so how was that and can you give us kind of a taste of what you spoke about in your in your keynote speech yeah so um that was the keynote speech was on the five pillars of a successful arb business and those five pillars are mindset which I've just added in because I always used to do four pillars. And actually, I realized that a lot of the time in business, you can learn all the strategies and tactics, but then there's always one thing that gets in the way. And that's quite often it's it's the business owner or the mindset of the business owner. So mm. I've added mindset in as the fifth pillar now, um, which then covers off um, you know how to work on your mindset and, and turn up to be the best possible leader every day. And the other pillars are um, sales and marketing, numbers, systemization and culture. Um, and I've been in the industry nearly 20 years and been running um, our businesses for 15 of those years. And um, I bought into the, the five pillars because when I went down the rabbit hole of self, the self-development world, there's so many different things you can learn about business. And what I'm trying to do is simplify it slightly into five pillars that if you if we can master these five pillars, then we're going to have a really good chance of creating a very successful tree surgery business. 
that makes it so much more accessible as well because it can be so overwhelming can't it it can yeah when there's lots of people selling courses and youtube can be an absolute minefield of do this do that it's just trying to to put it in an easy structure that we can work through when i'm working with my mentees and the guys that i train um then we can work through each one and, and work you know in an order and it just takes a lot way a lot of the noise mm. Yeah, because it's it's so challenging if you were, say, a one-man band type of worker to then building your team and your business. What are some of the kind of key concerns or challenges that you see businesses facing? Well, certainly for the one-man band kind of people, what I find is is what, what people get stuck in is they're a very good tree climber or very good arborist, tree surgeon. Um, and because the biggest challenge, I think, in your industry, which probably crosses over one of your other questions, is I don't think the pay has ever gone up really that much in the last 20 years. So when right, I started yeah. 19 years ago, my team leaders were on um, £100 a day that I was working in the in a company as a trainee. They were on £100 a day, which is about twenty-five grand a year. Um, and in 19 years now, we've got team leaders who are on about 33, 35k a year, some a little bit more. Um, but really, if you think over 19 years of um, inflation and everything else going on, the biggest challenge is, is that the, the money's not going up. So what naturally happens is, is people are a good climber, tree surgeon, arborist, and they then say, right, oh, what I'm going to do the next transition is to go and start my own business because I can go and buy a van and chipper. And then I see people that they get stuck in the one man band so they're doing all of the quoting in the evenings they're doing all of their paperwork invoicing in the evenings weekends they're deli- they're doing the work during the week they're having to fix the chipper on a friday afternoon they're having to get up early to make sure that all the bent saws and kits that, that's been broken is fixed ready for the day and then they end up doing sort of 12 hour days every day trying to run a business and they really get stuck at that point because they can't move to the next phase which would be moving into your kind of managing the business because they're stuck in delivery and trying to find work and it's this rhetorical cycle and then what ends up happening is actually you work out what your hourly rate is with actually doing those 12 hours a day and it's probably less than what you were on um, before but a lot of people get stuck there in our industry and the biggest thing I think people can do is try and learn business because being a, a being a really good tree surgeon is completely different from being a really good business owner oh, absolutely. And yeah what tends to happen is most tree surgeons like me i failed all my gcses i wasn't academic so i go in to be a tree surgeon become a business owner and then actually being a business owner you're doing a lot more stuff within an office so mm. actually you flip it on the head you go from being outside every day to then being in an office and then you get overwhelmed with the office and it's just trying to move up through those stages and I think the biggest bit of advice or learnings I can give anybody is try to leverage other people's time as much as possible building a team around you and all it might take is the I think the most important person in our business is the is the administrator because they he she brings like a bit of an anchor into the business of somebody who can be doing all of the jobs that are important to the business but they're not high value and that's how then if someone's a really good tree surgeon they can carry on delivering the work but not having to be working evenings weekends and every other hour trying to fill paperwork and do invoices and quotes and things like that oh that's really interesting and and makes so much sense how has that business kind of been received how is uh, your mentoring going i suppose 
Yeah, so actually straight off, we started um, January last year, January 2022, um, and straight away we had five people join the mastermind. Um, and then over the year, we've now mentored 26 people um, and had um, about 15 people on the um, on the course. But the, there's been a big challenge with, with me in the industry because um, – I think because it's quite new and people, when something's new, they question it and want to know what's going on. So quite often I've been trolled online and a lot of people oh, really? have resisted it thinking maybe, and I think it's because people don't understand my history of being in the industry 20 years. They see this guy come in, you know, I'm very well presented right now. If you look through my profile shots, you see some of me in a suit and things like that, which if a tree, you're a tree surgeon, you're looking at going, well, who's this guy coming in and saying, you know, trying to say, this is how I should run my business and all right. these kind of things. Yeah. And I think once people start to understand you know, the, the war, war wounds I've had in the industry and I've been part of it for 19 years, then they realise that actually behind this person who's trying to sell a course and a mentoring package, there is a, a, a very successful tree surgery business that doesn't need me to be in it to be running it. And actually what I'm trying to do is has massively good intentions for the industry. Yeah. So actually it's been taken successfully. When you look at it and think, okay, well, he's had 26 guys on his mastermind. That's great success. And it is, I'm very happy with that. But also... The challenge is, is that there's been a lot of resistance and there are so many more people that could, and I think look back at me 10 years ago, I probably would have been resistant of me at that time anyway, because I was very pig headed. I was very high in confidence. I'd, I'd be, I'd got good at business, but essentially I think I just got quite lucky um, because I think one of the worst things that can happen if you went to the horse races and it is actually one of the worst things that can happen is win um, <laughs> because because it, it leads you into a false sense of security. And I'd been quite good at business at the beginning because I'd worked hard and been committed. But as the business grew, that's when the cracks started to happen. So, yeah. yeah, it's a great question. And it has been well received on some parts, but also it's been very challenging on others because, because people don't understand it. Their first thing is to troll me and give me a lot of stick online. So I'm well used to having people giving me a hard time. But ultimately, what I want is the best for the industry. And as I say, a raising tide raises all ships. Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting. Is it quite uncommon in the art world to have kind of a business coach or mentoring courses, things like that then? Yeah, I've not come across, the only person I've come across is, I mean, there's a couple of people who will sort out the health and safety within your business and they'll help you become accredited and things like that. But that's just helping with the accreditation and health and safety part. It's not necessarily, there's nobody else in the industry that's doing doing the course or the mastermind part. And actually, I'm the first person, and I'm sure I won't be the last person. I welcome any other competitors coming into the space because the more we can build awareness for business owners to know that there is another way than having to work 12, 13 hours in your business every day, you can set up a business with other people around you so you're not having to work every hour of every day. Like a business is hard work to get off the ground, but it shouldn't be hard work for a lifetime. So I imagine a lot of people want to still do this the tree work that they fell in love with in the first place um yeah. I've had a lot of advice around you know know what what you're not good at and give that to other people as well you know 
100%. I realise people like Richard Branson, for example, you know, he doesn't have to know everything. He just employs really good people that know that. He yeah. needs to know what he needs to know people to, to know, if that makes sense. But yeah. what he doesn't need to know, he doesn't need to know exactly how to input all the bookkeeping. He just needs to know that he needs a really good financial controller, a really good accountant and a really good bookkeeper. And then he leaves it to them to give him all the numbers and he'll just ask them for what numbers to track. So actually, you're exactly right in what you're saying. You just need to... You need to be able to leverage really good people. And if you are, and I have mentees on my mastermind all the time and say, I just really love climbing trees. I'm still young. That's yeah. great. We'll just get some people around you who can do the business part of it. Yeah. Get a really good office team and you can still do some delivery. But And when you come to the point that your body's old, tired and knackered, then you've still got a business you've created that you can then choose which part you play in the rest of the business moving forward. Yeah, 100%. Really good advice. Around that topic of pay and, and kind of the lack of pay, is that down to these business owners to be kind of gradually moving that forward? Is it down to educating clients? How do we kind of improve that? Yeah, it's it's a challenge to come from all all areas, I think. And, and certainly um, there's ways to, I think, the industry can improve it. And I know the Arbicultural Association try and do as much as they can. But getting, it, um, getting more advice out to homeowners and businesses that they need to have trained professionals with the right accreditations, the right insurance and everything, that will certainly help. Yeah. Um, because... For example, everyone knows that if you want to go and get a boiler done, you're going to want, you know, it's going to be gas, which is very dangerous. And you're going to want a Corgi registered um, gas engineer to come in and do your house. Mm. If you were to go and ask 95% of homeowners in this country what the Arbicultural Association is or who they would, where they would go to go and get a tree surgeon, I guarantee most of them wouldn't know what it is and, and what to even ask those questions. So there needs to be some more education um, around it and more uh, awareness for homeowners and most businesses are on board these days but still businesses to not be using um, people without the right company structures and setup um, but that's a challenge in itself which I know the Arb Association are doing lots to try and tackle I think for business owners the key for me is is um, understanding that you're, you, are, you, you've, you need to value yourself and your business a lot higher and that a lot often comes from understanding business and how business works and when I mean that specifically for anything tangible for the listeners mm. is knowing your numbers so knowing what you, it costs to run your business yeah. knowing what profit you want to make on top of it knowing what your quote conversion rate is so if you're winning 90% of your quotes then the chances are that you're too too cheap um, and knowing where all your marketing's coming from so once you have like you understand business and you have all this data it gives you the confidence to be able to go okay i can put my prices up now it needs to um, be able to pay tree surgeons and the skilled job that they do and the only way that's going to happen is is if we can as an industry charge more to be able to then filter those profits down to our staff to be able to pay more the, the, the rates aren't going up quick enough for their inflation and for everybody to be able to make it appealing to a young mm -hmm. person to go right I've just left school what do I want to go and do do I want to go and work on a construction site where I can earn 250 300 pounds a day and be a bricky a carpenter a gas engineer whatever it is even scaffolders now which it's a very different industry to tree surgeons but it's still working at height it's still in dangerous environments um, and you've got scaffolders yeah. who are getting paid double what tree surgeons are getting paid but the challenge comes is is that we've still got a very low bar to entry like anyone can go and buy a van and chipper um and a saw from b&q and go and knock on someone's door and say i'll cut your tree down for a fraction of the cost because they haven't got any of the, the, the outgoings um 
So there's lots of challenges, but the way I'm trying to tackle it is by um, using my 20 years experience in the industry and 15 years in business by having the tree surgery mastermind where we mentor tree surgeons. But also now we've got a two day course, which basically gives the blueprint to my tree surgery business um, where we employ six teams. We've got um, four managers. We don't I don't work in it anymore. My whole time is spent helping and mentoring other people in industry. But I give people that that two day is all in course um, where we where we go over the five pillars in great depth. Yeah, it is a very hard work, work labor intensive job. And pe- and you could go and work, for example, and I don't I'm not putting McDonald's down, but you could go and work in McDonald's for the same money that you'd work as a tree surgeon. Yeah. And the, and the bar to entry to McDonald's is very low, whereas you've got to have lots of you've got to work really, really hard to be a tree surgeon and you've got to, have to spend a lot of money on training. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know the skill shortage is obviously like a huge issue for the entire industry. What messages are you getting from businesses in the art world? How severe is it of an issue? And do you think pay is that the key barrier? One of the key barriers is is the pay um, because it is that challenge when you're young because it's a very young man's game in general. Yeah. Um, you're thinking, do I want to? Um, you know, try and be a TikTok influencer and make some money? Or do I want to go and, you know, because tree surgery is great if you're swinging around a tree, but, you know, that's a very small percentage of the work for yeah. someone. It's one guy on the site generally doing all, doing a lot of the climbing. And then you've got the rest of the team who are having to drag, brash and work really hard. So I would say it's um, it's a challenge, but also I've got very much go down the basis of my tree surgery business, HRG Tree Surgeons, and certainly we're not perfect, but we try and be a really good company to work for. We want to look after our team. We give them a quarterly bonus. We have um, a mental health package set up where they can speak to a, 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 a counsellor on, on on the telephone. Nice. We have... Um, did we just been karting with everyone on Friday? Like we try and make it a good place to work. Now, as I say, we're not perfect, but when I put up adverts, we get a lot of people moving towards us because we're known as a good company to work for. And I think a lot of people find um, finding staff a challenge, but yet they don't put a lot of effort into it. They might put a few social media posts. And when we work with our mentees and show them the strategy of how we find staff, most of them find staff pretty quickly so they're still they are still staff about but there is definitely in the recent years a drop off in the number of new people coming into industry yeah interesting and you kind of mentioned things around mental health in a way has that become a stronger focus for your business in recent years or is that something you've always wanted to kind of look after Definitely. Well, in recent years, but always. Um, so I'll try and make this as brief as I can, but it's a, it's a bit of a long story. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> so I started in industry 19 years ago, started my business 15 years ago, and I started um, one man band. I was 24 years old. Um, got married at 27 from 24 to 27 I just sort of bumbled around as a one-man band got married got ambitious and grew a huge tree surgery business to 47 staff we had um about 11 teams going out at one point we had a huge yard um it was a massive business um but unfortunately four years ago the whole business went under and we lost everything including having to sell my family home and my mental health was pushed to the absolute limit. Um, I had to sell our family home. We had a newborn baby and a three-year-old. And I managed just to keep, just about keep hold of my relationship. But as you can imagine, that year was very high pressure. And ultimately what people, 
always ask me what went wrong. Was it, you know, what did what happened? Was it COVID? Was it was it um, you know was it COVID? It was before it was twenty nineteen, so it was before COVID. Um, you know, was it a contract? Did someone not pay you? But ultimately, I was the leader. I was running the business, and what I did is I worked very very hard because when I failed my GCSEs, my dad told me to be hard work and driven and determined and committed yeah. and start a business when I was young. But the bit that he missed out, which was quite important advice, was go and learn about business. Um, And I grew the seven-figure business with 47 staff on pure hard work, drive and determination. And I always – the reason why I started my business is because I had some terrible bosses before. And I remember being shouted at on site. I remember things being thrown around site. Every time something went wrong, my boss shouted. And I remember thinking, when I start my own business, I want to have a business that isn't like that. I want to have a business that looks after its team because people are the center point of any business. And I think that's what I did well. So we grew this great business because all our clients were um, really happy with the work we did. But I didn't know my numbers. I didn't know enough about sales and marketing. And ultimately, when, when things started going wrong and I didn't know my numbers, that was the biggest thing, not knowing my cash flow, not knowing my balance sheet, not knowing my profit and loss. So I look back at that year and look at it as the worst, best year of my life, because actually when I restarted four years ago, I then started going on business courses, being part of masterminds, being finding coaches and mentors who have walked the path that I want to walk and started following them. And it's like a life hack when you find a mentor, because they they will show you all the things that they've done wrong and then you don't then follow and do uh, and you can get to where you want to a lot quicker. So, yeah, it, I know it's a long story short. It was the worst best year of my life, but ultimately, it got me to the point now where I have got a business that works without me being in it. Um, and then that's why I decided to start the Tree Surgery Mastermind because I look back at when I started that four years ago. I was looking to find people that had walked my path. And there was no one in the tree surgery industry who was a tree surgeon going, this is how you structure a business. This is how, because tree surgery is a completely different industry to everything. We get lumped in with landscapers. We get lumped in with um, with construction. But it's a standalone industry on its own with its own challenges. Um, and that's where the tree surgery mastermind came in and the, and the two-day course. But ultimately, to answer your question, all of that mental health troubles that I went through, I realized that actually everybody in life has struggles whether you're working for somebody whether you're a business owner whatever you're doing we all have our different challenges and it's so important that if somebody is stressed and having those times that they've got a workforce or team around them who could notice and help them out because ultimately we spend more time at work or running a business than we do anything else in our lives we spend 40 to 50 hours so when you're in that environment you want to work for somebody who cares about your well-being and what you do absolutely i mean amazing that yeah like you say you've you've taken that and you've gone i don't want that to happen to somebody else i want to be that mentor for other people but also like the guts and and drive and energy it must have taken for you to to kind of pick yourself back up and start again is amazing as well it's it's very admirable thank you Uh, it was tough um but i don't think i don't think i really knew any different and um it was very tough at the time uh but having a baby at home and a and a a three-year-old daughter and the rented house we went and moved into was covered in mold in my baby's room and things and i think all of those factors pushed me and drove me to go right i need to do something i've got two choices here i ever go to the gutter and i'm i i I don't pull myself out of this or 
I go all in and pull myself out of this. So um, I was a bit of a wounded bear. So I just I'm wanted to just, to just get on. But ultimately, it has it helped shape the, the future in a really good way. So I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but <laughs> it certainly helped me to be the person I am today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it kind of makes sense that you've added in that mindset pillar as well, because it's clearly incredibly important. So... When it comes to actual tree work, obviously pests and diseases are a key issue that, that our world has to face. Yeah. What Are there any kind of key ones that are worrying people at the moment? Yeah, I think ash dieback is obviously the biggest one at the moment. Um, yeah. and, and that is it is spreading and a lot of money has been spent on 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 taking that out on on sort of high target areas like roads and um, and different places like that. So I'd say that is the most prominent one right now. Um, right. OPM, um, it's the processionary moth is starting to really come across the country now. We, we've putting our guys through training. It's just been booked for September because we're based in Southampton and it's coming through the southeast of the country through London and now it's hit, starting to hit our, our area. So there's there's right. challenges there. Um, there's also the um, summer branch drop as um, the, the weather's getting, I mean, it's boiling hot now, isn't it? It's so yeah. warm. Um, it's getting warmer and warmer. Um, so we, we're getting drier times, which which comes. So there's, there's lots of challenges out there um, in, in the tree surgery world. Yes, obviously climate change is going to affect that summer branch drop. Is it is it affecting anything else? Not that we've seen so far this summer, but it's going to be an interesting summer because I believe um, I believe it's going to be very warm um, the rest of this year, and then next year they believe it's going to be even warmer. So it's going to be very really interesting to see um, to see what happens in in the next two years. Really, we've always had I I guess regularly quite large storms but um very high winds we were experiencing last year yeah definitely and and that, and that will that will have an effect for sure um but you're right there there has been quite a few high winds over the last sort of 10 years we've we've seen more and more of that um i think the biggest challenge that the, the tree surgery industry or not even the tree surgery industry but trees in, in, in this country in itself is is ensuring that enough trees are planted yeah. um, and m- making sure that they're also maintained i think that's one of the biggest things people are very gung-ho with going and planting trees everywhere but trees take a really long time to grow they need, they need plenty of maintenance and water um and i think if we could focus as a country more on on tree planting and the maintenance of it that's definitely going to help the, yeah. the general environment as well yeah absolutely do you think we have the capacity to meet these tree planting goals i think so but it's got to be seen from 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 past experience in this industry and i don't know if this still happens but years ago there was a council council contract somewhere not local to me where it was cheaper for the contractor to replace the tree than to actually do the maintenance on a tree so all they would do is when a tree was would would die they would just go and replace it because it was cheaper than them actually sending a team out to go and do all the watering now this was years ago i'm sure councils have changed that now and i don't know but i would say with that previous experience of that happening the the most important thing when it comes to tree planting is that the aftercare is done it's not just right let's plant 10,000 trees if they're going to be hitting those quotas they need to ensure that those trees like those trees have the best chance of survival um, to be able to then have a prolonged life and to help the environment in the future absolutely absolutely well, my last question for you is a bit more of a fun one, um, and it's what plant would you take to a desert yeah. island? I'm assuming it's going to be a tree, but I could be wrong. 
No, I've not gone for a tree. Oh, um, interesting. I tried okay. to think about this tactically, and ah. I was thinking about foods and things like that, but I actually went for aloe vera just because oh. of the, um, you know, the anti um, antioxidant, sorry, um, antibacterial effects, um, the fact that it can wound heal, um, skin health, blood sugar, um, bioactive compounds in there and things like that. So I was thinking more like what what would be really handy for me to have with me because I have no idea what's going to be on this desert <laughs> island to help me survive, basically. Yeah, that is a very, very smart plant to pick. I also, my dad started off with one aloe vera and now he's got about 30 plants and he, he palm, wow. tries to palm off on everyone who comes around. So... <laughs> well when i go to my desert island i'll get in contact <laughs> yes. and I'll, I'll get i'll get one from he your dad thrilled. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on henry it's been no so worries. good to chat to you thanks for having me i'm rachel Forsyth, and this has been the horticulture week podcast make sure you never miss one subscribe or follow horticulture week podcast via apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform if you are interested in producing a podcast with Horticulture Week, email us at hortweek at haymarket.com. Huge thank you again to Henry and goodbye for now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BolinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.